All right, all right, Phil, my long-lost brother. I haven't seen you in so long. It's been minutes since we've done an episode of the Great Heavy Music <clears throat> Podcast, but thanks yeah. be to God. You are here, and you're looking good, brother. Thanks, I've been working on my beard. It's coming in real strong. How long did you grow it? I don't know. I really don't. I'm not sure. And so it just it gets to that point where I'm either going to be the guy with the beard that you could braid and like just, just running with it, or... Um, I don't want to be that guy until that decision has to be made. Are you, you're probably at a place right now where it's like you're eating a bowl of cereal and you probably can't I just get, did that. You probably can't get too close to it or you're coming back with a milk beard. Dude, it's a problem. It, it's, it happens a lot. I, I don't know how to prevent it. Yeah, that's I've tried everything. I, I could see that being a problem. <laughs> I could see that being a problem. And that's, there's a point whenever man's beard gets to a stage where you're just like, this is not worth it anymore. This is becoming a nuisance. It's hard to, I mean, it's hard to take me seriously when after I eat because I'm, <laughs> it's like I just put my face down into the food. That's all. Come back with it's a little bad. bit of corn in there. Yeah. Well, I think they're all, I, just yeah. like anything, like when you're growing your head hair, you know, it's like that ugly in between when it's, you're no longer a guy with short hair, but you're not quite a guy with long hair. You just got that ugly ass in between. That's, yeah. that's like the beard face where once you can braid it, then that shit's out of the way all the time because it's braided nice and tight and you're good. But when you are in between short enough that it's just like a close cut beard to a braided beard, it's all over the fucking place. I know, but if I braid it, they're going to be like, well, people are, I would think I give off of, give off a presentation of um, that of a mus- like a musician or something or an artist. And I don't, I'm not, I don't have any real talent in those areas. So I just feel like I'm lying. You're like, Oh, what do you, what do you do? What do you play? But no, but Philly but Philium G Philium G Wentworth Collins, you are an artist. You are a podcaster. That's true. You know that's true. You're a creative. I do this for my for the podcast. You're a creative. Okay, so just wear that fucking beard, get it braided, and tell everybody, yeah, I am famous. I'm a podcaster, and then this thing will explode. All right, All right so good, we settled that. Okay. Then, then let's jump into this, the third installment of the Arion Chronicles, our good buddy, Arian Lucasen's project, and the album is called Into the Electric Castle. I want... Yeah, and I've looked it up, and I'm not sure where this electric castle is. I, I can't find it. Yeah, I believe it's high in the sky. You might, oh, have, you might have to be able to levitate to get there, but mm. my homage to you for this episode philium is that i had never heard of this album until you presented it to me i think first you showed me the human equation which we'll get to on our next episode episode number four of the arian chronicles but then i think you went left and i went right i went from human equation to the final experiment which is his first one which we covered in episode one of the arian chronicles and you went to into the electric castle is that right uh, that sounds like it's right. I don't exactly remember, but I do, I do know that you were more into the final experiment than I was. So I think probably the case. I'm pretty sure that's what happened because I did not have the physical copy of Into the Electric Castle and you did. And like uh, we swapped or I burnt yours and you burnt mine and we, we swapped. And, uh, I want you on this episode to share as much as you can about this album because I have a lot of feelings about it since and i'm just gonna let it play kind of underneath of us while we're talking because it's long as balls and we're probably not going to get through all of it but um i had the 
sensation during re-listening to it for the podcast of a lot of different feelings, but I kind of want your feedback on a lot of different stuff. So tell the listeners generally, would you just kind of set the stage for what this album is about? It's a, it's a concept album. It has a story arc from start to finish. Can you set the table for what, it, what the story is? Yes. So um, essentially a bunch of sort of archetype figures throughout history are plucked out of their times and brought to this dimension that has a castle that's made of electricity, essentially, but it's um, full of tests for them. Uh, it's, a, it's basically another experiment. And they're all put through these trials, and it's uh, they are all singing in this. I mean, the, the songs are coming from and being sung by the characters, and basically their reactions to it. And I, my, I always considered it to be like an experiment to see how different figures respond to uh, different trials, and, and taking them all of them out of their element and putting them into this new bizarre dimension. Um, just to see how they respond to it. So he says, right in the beginning, he tells you eight mortal souls of the flesh chosen from different eras, ancient and modern. Um, he tells them he doesn't care if they die, just to be like a, a dick a little bit, right? Um, he said, indeed, some may die. You have a task to release yourself from this web of wisdom, this knotted maze of delirium. You must enter the nuclear portals of the electric castle. So as far as I can tell, it's an experiment. Did you what get, say you? Did, yeah. did you get into this album more this time around, or were you already kind of like really, really, was this just a brush up? Because I was learning a bunch of new stuff this time that I, I hadn't spent time with this album enough before. Was this just a, re, a refresh for you? It was, it was kind of a, a refresher because I really did listen to this back in the day almost as often as I listened to The Human Equation I mean I listened to this a lot so I it was a bit of a refresher it was nice and it was nostalgic um, but I, I don't know that I felt like I discovered a lot I tried for the podcast to like pick out certain song structures so we can make illustrator points about you know how, how he's progressed in his career things like that but I don't know that anything blew my mind that I didn't notice before or anything like that. I, I, I usually go to his site, which is A-R-J-E-N-L-U-C-A-S-S-E-N.com. And uh, in looking at the Into the Electric Castle page, he says, The characters on Into the Electric Castle are blown out of proportion. Aryan rented a few old B-movies for inspiration to see how Romans, barbarians, and Egyptians were stereotyped in those years. He said, quote, I like this tongue-in-cheek thing, although I take the music itself very seriously. He was kind of goofy and, like, overplaying the stereotypical stereotypical yeah, nature. They're, they're definitely caricatures of these archetypes. Right. And he said, Into the Electric Castle is the most pleasant-sounding album I've made so far, and that it is mainly due to the analog equipment I used, like vintage synthesizers from the 70s, which still have that warm, instantly recognizable sound. I had enough of triggered drums samples and prefab digital sounds i'm a sucker for contradictions into the electric castle is one to start with but i also like the idea of telling a sci-fi story and using equipment that in some cases people might find outdated so and, and he's got a list of vocalists i think we both have to recognize damien wilson at some point because that guy's freaking just baller on here 
I know, buddy. Um, and, and I don't know how you want to go through, but disc one, it was a two-disc set when it was first released. And do you want to kind of break down the two? Because the, um, the first disc ended on Across the Rainbow Bridge, and then disc two started with The Garden of Emotions and moved into Valley of the Queens and the Castle Hall. How do you want to go through this? Do you want to go through track by track, or do you want to take it in bigger chunks? Oh, it might be easier to do bigger chunks. It's a lot, and they're long tracks, and it's a pretty robust album. Over, so, a hu- over 100 minutes. It's only an hour, apparently, but... No, is that no, just one disc? That's yeah. one okay, disc. No. So I was going to say, how the fuck is that No, no, it's over and, It's um, over 100 minutes, man. It's long, and in fact, I, I made a point to tell you this. I, I really do think that the best place and space to listen to this album is on a road trip. Yeah, I could see that for sure. I just recently did that. I was driving my son across Florida to go to the Kennedy Space Center, which is awesome. And um, we listened to it on the way, and it just killed so much time so easily because there's so much going on in this album, and it all flows so well. I think a road trip is like the perfect space to get into this album. Yeah. You know, you know what I used to do? I used to listen to this and play Command and Conquer, Red Alert 2, and I'll just have this whole thing, album, like all this cover cover playing the whole time I'd, I'd play that game. Great strategy game. Great, great time. It's just if you're doing something else where your brain is occupied and you can have this thing going, it's awesome. Yep. So then, did it, I also told you before this episode to watch the video of the live performance of Into the Electric Castle and other mm-hmm. uh, songs that Aryan did, I think, in 2019. And mm-hmm. the theatrics on that are epic, man. Did you get a chance to watch that? Yeah, I did. Uh, it was so nice to see. Uh, first of all, every one of those people, look, they look great, right? It makes you feel a little less old. You're like, this album came out a long time ago, basically, at this point. And everyone on there looks great. Yes, that's a good um, point. That's a good point. Yeah, and uh, it's produced very well. Um it definitely rivals the Human Equation one big time. So yeah, I thought it was really cool. And I was curious about how he would do something like this live. And he just kind of went with it. It's just it's a it's like a big stage production. Um like a play almost. Like a musical basically. Yeah, and it's called Into the Electric Castle Live or Electric Castle Live and Other Tales. So if you're out there and you're interested Buy that DVD because it's incredible. The production is amazing. The theatrical aspects are amazing. And it, they pulled it off brilliantly, I thought. And it's great to see Aryan come out on stage dressed as the hippie, man. Isn't that, isn't that cool? He looks like so, yeah. so excited to be out there. And yeah. Be... Yep. Uh, that, that song, Amazing Flight, the Barbarian's like, oh, you know, I'm going to kick everyone's ass. And he's like, you're so uncool. And he, like, he like you know, pats him on the shoulder. Yes. And, yeah, it... it Seeing him like that, Arthur Nixon, uh, I, I, it was so fitting to see him dressed like a hippie. It's almost like that's who he really is at heart. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's got a lot of themes of saving the universe and saving Earth and saving, you know, uh, yeah. not, not wasting stuff. So I do think he's got that pure heart there. So, okay, why don't we do this? Yeah. Let's kind of chunk it through. Right now we're listening to Isis and Osiris, and then it moves into Amazing mm-hmm. Flight and Time Beyond Time. Why don't we take those first three and just tell us kind of what those first three take you through, if you, if you can. All right, so you so we jump right in, uh, you know, story-wise. They're you know they're assessing their surroundings. Some of them think that it's that they've died, or that they're in some sort of hell. Others are saying no, this is a you know, this is sort of a heaven. Um, 
for example, Isis and Osiris is a reference, obviously, to the Egyptian gods. And she thinks the Egyptian is a character here as a woman. She thinks they've been chosen to enter the great hall of Isis and Osiris. And she's sort of arguing with the Roman who thinks that they're in like a hell. And, um, and I guess that's sort of part of the experiment, right? Like how they're going to interpret the surroundings. But it's the musically, it's it's uh, it builds really well. That um, she she'll say Isis and Osiris, and she holds the note, and then it goes then then it really starts to pick up, and um, then they get into more of an argument, and then towards the end, there's like this really good uh, solo. It's really high pitched, and it's very atmospheric. This is so. This is like probably your first. Uh, taste of the atmosphere building. I think it's impressive in this album. And this is a great song to get you there. It's longer and it doesn't feel that long. It's like 11 minutes. I don't think it feels that long. So I, I'm, I was always impressed by this song. And then it flows into Amazing Flight, which is when they, they take off for the new dimensional electric castle. They kind of are in transit. And this has got a really iconic I think guitar riff for Arion, don't you think? Hell yeah. It, it's This is just something, yeah. if you know Arion, you know this riff. Yeah, it sounds like a bluesy southern rock riff to me. Something like you hear in a bar. Or like a road, like you're trucking yep. down through the south. <laughs> you're just, you got that riff going. That, that is classic rock all the way. Yep, I know. It's, and it just, this is the part where we're talking about where Arjun comes on stage and says, hey dude, you're so uncool. So then take us to Time Bound Time. So now they're on the amazing flight. They have a really cool musical interlude during the flight track, if you call it. And then it moves to Time Beyond Time. Talk, talk to us about that one. Time Beyond Time. It's where the future man, uh, he comes in. I, I'm not sure exactly what he's supposed to be as far as character goes, but um, it, this is a sort of an eerie, pretty, um, slow uh, build. And it starts with the future man. I always sound like he's underwater to me. I always love that sound. He's like, yep. But um, they're they're trying to figure out where they're at. Basically, um, there's a lot of that. That not know where the fuck they are. <laughs> if, if you, I mean, if you look at it from their perspective, it makes sense, right? You're plucked out of something, you're and then placed into another dimension, an electric castle. You're probably going to spend a lot of your time figuring out just what the hell is going on so anyway um basically the roman the are the knight and the future man are trying to figure out where they're at and dude how about the part where he goes is there no way out and it's like is there no way out? and then that flute comes in it's like epic uh, i always love the part uh, it comes a little bit later so i can fast forward here but yeah, maybe it's cool. Let me see if I can turn this up. This, this rip is like this solo. You hear that clear on your side, Phil? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, when, when they say a time beyond time space beyond space and they're lost yeah. here in the underworld yep so good and classic the, the guitar work is so good in this, it's so good throughout the album generally but I really like it in this part it complements that flute so well 
flute comes in, and then it, the guitar just picks right up. Right after the flute stop. Yep. Almost, and it's not. It's similar chords, but not quite the same. Um, and sort of a sort of an expansion of the chords that the flute were playing. It's really really smart music um, construction. So by this time, you're already kind of 30 minutes into an album, which, as you know, generally I'd be like, okay, over, ready for the next one. But this is just getting started. So now they move into the decision tree. We're alive. Mm -hmm. I don't have a ton to say about this one. I I think I like it, but this is not one that really stands out to me that I kind of would point to as a single or anything. Well, I was like the synth in the beginning. Like I, I remember just being driven to school back in the day uh, on a cold, fucking sunny morning. Just listen to that shit. Yeah. Um, but um, it's a lot of the Highlander in this one. Um, I followed princes, I followed kings. And basically the Barbarian and the Highlander are talking shit to each other the whole time, which is bound to happen, right? Some testosterone-fueled yep. uh, stereotypes out of history. There's going to be some shit talk. Like, who the um, fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Barbarian's like, you know, I'll kick your ass. Highlander's like, I'll kick your ass. And then that's it. That's the song. <laughs> right, exactly. They come to a decision tree. Um what is being decided, I think, one one of them has to leave. So I think that's why they're arguing. The high, like, who's worthy of staying between them? And for some reason, the Barbarian and the Highlander take this quite personally and are arguing between each other. Good song. It's really, It really is a good song. Um, it's, it's corny, right? The whole thing's really corny. There's a really thick Scottish accent with the Highlander. Right. But if you're if you're into this kind of stuff, I don't think you have a problem with this. Uh, it's, it's kind of fun, and the riffs are still great. So let's mm -hmm. let's move into Tunnel of Light because I think this album its highlights are on the back half. Do you agree that the second disc is better than the first disc? Ah, uh, hmm, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe barely, because there's there are several, there are a couple of my favorites on the back half. Yeah, I guess I'd have to agree. My, yeah. I, I th for me, it's two-thirds two of my top three is in the back half. But my one, okay. one of my right. three tops are in the front. So let's go to Tunnel of Light, and we'll go to Across the Rainbow Bridge. Why don't we do those kind of as a tag team? Because that finishes the first okay. disc. Okay. So Tunnel of Light, is, again, the Highlander comes in. Um, and he says, there's a chill in my bones that I recognize from another life. That's why I'm heading home. So the Highlander... This is where he departs. I always love that line. There's a chill in my bones that I recognize from another life. Uh, sort of that instinctive, that like bone chilling, bad feeling, you know, yep. <laughs> like yep. something that transcends yep. your current life. Yeah, yeah, so, like something that you just do not push through. Uh, you just you he yeah. you heed that warning. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, just absolutely do not proceed. Uh, and then the Egyptian, she says, I don't know how to pronounce it, Rahiliopolis. And empty. The way she sings that is so slow and pretty and unfolding. And um, and then the Egyptian yells Elysium. The night goes says Avalon. So it's sort of like they're all praising their own versions of heaven, um, while the, the Highlander is leaving. He, he's he's tapping out. He's done. And so it, I don't know if it's that they're all singing about how they're gonna go to. They're all not afraid of death. Exactly why they're saying that, but. It's um, it's really pretty and it's really slow paced. The pace doesn't break at all. 
just the whole time. And then I think it's really cool to balance that. He'll throw a couple songs in here like that that really don't change much for for a progressive album. I think that's just um, impressive to do, especially where he places them. So I think this is a perfect placement right after a big song. And then it it Um, goes into Across the Rainbow Bridge, which is when they start basically walking up to the the actual castle itself like they're they're approaching the actual doors of the castle right yeah um so yep i think so because he goes beyond these stygian skies our fortress lies across the rainbow bridge so um i have to say yes how about when the knight says the cruel wings of destiny the cruel wings the way he fucking hits that note man I wonder if he was told to do that or if he just was like, I'm going to nail this part. That's a great but, um, question, Phil. There's so many parts on this album in particular. We'll get to it in a little bit. But when he says, I'm closed in by Iron Gates. When he says Iron yeah. Gates, you know, yeah. you just wonder, did Aryan say, hey, try it this way? Or did these guys just bring their own pizzazz? I would imagine it's a combination of the two, depending upon the circumstance, you know. But Yeah, I think he probably was like, I think he res- you know, respects them and allowed them to go off script a little bit, or not off script, but just do their own thing. One of the um, one of the commenters in one of the YouTube videos from the live performances said, "I'm proud to be Dutch because of all these fantastic Dutch musicians," and they really are onto something. There's a phenomenal number of incredible Dutch vocalists that Arian pulled together for this album, and it might now might be a good time to talk because this is kind of the end of the first disc into the transition to the second do a little bit of a pause and talk about the album itself generally but i listening to this one it was not even close this is actually a much better album than either of the first two we've reviewed i think i mean in terms of musical talent vocal talent the story itself all things boiled in together this is his really really great first album first great great album i think i think that's true it's just seemingly he um, was going to abandon Ariana if he didn't have more success. I'm so glad you said uh, that. I'm so glad you said that. I meant to mention that. I'm glad you brought that up. This was like basically the fulcrum, if you will, where if this went well, he, he had a chance to keep going with it. But if this one flopped, it was that was the end of it. And thank God this one exploded. Yep. Um, and then there's, I want to say there's a good part and, um, towards the uh, end of this song where the hippie comes in and says, Scarlet, Crimson, Rosy, Red, I must be dead or stone dead on my head. And really, the, the song picks up um, really well there. The pace quickens and it's pretty catchy and cool. Scarlet, Crimson, it sounds like that's something the Beatles would write. Totally. I agree. I, I thought of that earlier today when I was listening to it again. And that's Aryan. You can tell he's got a heavy Beatles influence. You've mentioned that a few times before. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm certain he would acknowledge that. I like that part too. Um, so yeah, and you know, I will say I did I did find myself listening to the second disc a lot back in the day. It has my absolute favorite song on this whole album on the second disc. So. Well, let's shift into it. So we're at the Garden of Emotions. They've basically in the first disc they're meeting each other, they're understanding their circumstances, and they're traveling. And now the second disc is they are there, and now the challenges are going to commence. Yep. I always thought the Highlander kind of bitched out. I mean, God, he didn't even get there yet. Seriously, what a puss. But, um, so, okay. Star Towers of the Electric ca- Castle. See how it embraces the sky. 
Um, you must meander through the verdant vine to the garden of emotions and succumb to its allure. Breathe deep the intoxicating aroma of endless entwined emotions. And then after he says that, he goes, so makes some weird fucking creepy breath sound on there, which I think is cool. I, I agree, <laughs> it's man. so like, God, it's creepy. But it's perfectly placed. Uh, yep. And this has like an epic sound. And then it goes into like this sort of twangy version, which I think. Well, this right here that we're listening to, I'll turn up a little bit. This trumpety, triumphant sound of approaching mm-hmm. of approaching the actual castle proper really is perfect for the the grandness of the circumstances. You could kind of. This is what you would expect to hear in a movie if you saw people there just looking up at the walls and the sides of the building are, you know, 70 feet up. Yeah, it's imposing Yes, music. that's a perfect word for it. Uh, but then that twangy version, bam, 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 bam. It goes to the hippie, goes into his little spiel. Um, yeah, the, the Egyptians nail it. The Egyptian is such a great character to me. Everything she does is slow, but very melodic and just, it's like hypnotic yep. almost. Um, I'd, I'd have to say, not that I ever really thought about it, but her or the night are probably my favorite ones. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I think I would go with the night. Doesn't the night, isn't the night the one that says closed in by Iron Gates? I can't remember. I think I think that's the Barbarian, man. Well, then it might be my, I just love that part so much that I think I have to go with that We'll find. We'll remember. We'll, well, I have the lyrics down. Who's singing what here? Okay. So, all right. So um, let's, let's go to Valley of the, of yeah, the, the Queens. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So once they're through the the uh, Garden of Emotions, which is a ten minute song, so there's a lot there. It's a great song. But now they're in the Valley of the Queens. This one reminds me of the track on Final Experiment that I'm gonna blank on the name right now. I'll look it up. But there's a track on the Final Experiment that really reminds me of this. Where they're the bees are like in the courtyard and it sounds like they're in the flowery mm. part. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Is it your courtyard minstrel boy? No, let me look it up. But okay, keep, keep going. Take, fill for me, Phil. Phil. All right. Egyptian. This is where she leaves, right? Valley of the Queen. She was very excited and then she has a rather abrupt end in my mind. But um, she's, she's bound out. Her face, is, she says, my faith has left me. They stole in all my dreams. Lay me down in the Valley of the Queens. But the way she says they've stolen all my dreams, I love that delivery. It's it's so tragic. Um, I've really got to figure out the names of these people. The, the, the Egyptian is just absolutely just nailing it, man. Um, so anyway, it's a very slow, well-placed, I think, song, right after a big banger. Uh, it, again, we mentioned it before, but the placement of the songs is one of the stronger suits this album Definitely. doesn't change doesn't do anything it keeps the same pace and it's not very long just throws it right in there the track that I was um, thinking of is track 7 of Final Experiment it's called Nature's Dance the open to this song oh, okay. reminds me of Nature's Dance okay yeah we remembered when we did that album before and we have such a great memory of what we were talking about that we forgot thought, I, just, <laughs> the song. I just thought that up right now without looking it up but what about the flute solo right there how baller is that mm-hmm. absolutely it, um, it's a it's a folky sad song but it's uh, 
it's part of the journey. It's sad. The, the Egyptian, I think, was carrying a lot of the earlier stuff. So I, I felt, I felt sad just as a character and as part of the part of the album. You're like, oh shit, who's gonna fill that void? Right, right. I know, but you know what though? They don't, they don't really miss her. They do a great job highlighting her. But then you get to the Castle Hall, and I think this is one of, if not the best track on the whole friggin' album. This is a great fucking song. First of all, these weird vocal noises in the beginning. Really, really off-putting and cool as shit. So they're in the castle, uh, where even the shadows fear of the light. You must confront your past. And if you've killed, you have to beware the gathering of spirits, because I guess they're going to exact revenge. Uh, so this is basically just the barbarian and the knight. Uh, just kind of... Both saying that they're going to fight whatever's going on. But the Barbarian has a pretty uh, candid moment. He says, and I thought it was a little brave to put this in here, because it's supposed to be like tongue-in-cheek. But he says, uh, faces of the past are etched in my brain, the women I've raped, the men I've slain. And... uh, the barbarian admitting that he's a rapist is pretty. Is I mean that probably would be the case, right? Yeah, I don't uh, think that, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's embellishment at all. I'm sure the incidences of rape and murder in primitive society were appalled. Absolutely, and I, and I was I thought it was kind of bold to put it in there to be like I'm gonna make this like a real fucking barbarian. Uh, so anyway, but sh- the way he goes, shades of the dead are sliding on the wall. And then it goes into that cool, groovy main riff, or maybe not main riff, but backing riff. And the knight, man, the way it says, I call upon the sword. Oh, and when he says, grant me the match to end my pain, and it echoes, pain, pain. Yes, I know, one of the highlights for sure. How fun is that? This is a very fun-ass song. It, it was, it's, up to this point, it's probably the most fun. But yet the lyrics are so dark, as you just noted. But yeah. I mean, the, yes. the actual, it really does capture the energy of walking through this scary as fuck, spirit-filled castle hall. Where you're like, God, what is yes. after this? And this is like the yeah, first... The, yeah, the, the knight is, yeah, he's trying to, they're, yeah, they're, they're afraid. They're, they're, they're facing their past. Um, the knight wants to need the magic to end my pain, and his pain. Um... And they're determined. Demons dance in the castle halls. One of the catch your line it tells you what they're seeing. They're seeing demons of their past, judgment for what they've done. And this is uh, the, this kind of surprised the Romans aren't involved. It seems like he would have killed somebody. But this is where Damien Wilson is the one who does that. And my pain burns. And Damien Wilson's voice is just straight heavenly. Yeah, that guy is a fucking beast. One of my, one of the better singers I've ever heard. Yeah, really. He just keeps performing, and then when you watch the live versions too, you just realize this guy. There's like zero production improvement on his voice. It's just as good live as it is on the albums. You know? Oh, absolutely. yeah, I could do that too. He's like a sound guy's best friend. Okay, I, I love this one. It's got the flute solo here that I love too. I mean, there's, there's a million things I could say I love that song. So let's jump to the next one because that's it's true. There is a flute. If, if somebody had to pick one song to start uh, with, okay, I'd probably Tower say that. Yeah, let's go to Tower Hope. Take it away. Tell us about this Yeah, one. you say this could be the single? If Yeah, if I had All to pick somebody right. to go to a... This to me was one of my favorites. Yes, if you had to pick one song, this would be the single, absolutely. Yep. Because it is not that long, and it's extremely catchy. Um, climbing up the stairs. 
So basically they're ascending a tower and it, it, one of the castle towers and it is a joyous experience. I guess they're kind of navigating through. They're lost to the Tower of Hope, but I guess the, the castle is constructed in a way to uh, make you feel certain things. So I guess the, the, it wants you to feel hopeful in the tower. And so they're all feeling really good about it, even though they're lost. But we're still in this cage, destined to die here if we fail, the future man says. But everyone's like, it doesn't matter. We're in this great, happy tower. <laughs> but um, I mean, I'm paraphrasing the lyrics. But the, the, musically, this is a the re I think the reason you said sing would be a single is because it has this sort of, in my opinion, bombastic, like arena, catchy sound. The main riff has like that. Dan it, dan it, dan it, dan it. it has, it's really um, pretty. And it's upbeat. Uh, when the, the main courses say "Lost in the Tower of Hope." Lost in the Tower of Hope. It's, um, it's just a happy song. It, it, it's, it seems like it's made for the radio. Yep. I was actually suggesting that either this song or the prior song, the Castle Hall. I think Castle Hall might be the one I would send people to first and primarily for us as a single. But Tower of Hope's yeah. got a bunch of great parts too. Why don't we uh, yep. go to Cosmic Fusion and then the Mirror Maze? So just kind of tell us what's going on here. They're going, they're climbing up the tower. They're now full of hope. Now they get to Cosmic Fusion. What's going on there? So in Cosmic Fusion, which is my favorite song on the album, wow, they, yeah, uh, I just the part where Death comes in is just absolutely amazing. So they, I think, they meet Death. And they, I think they start to develop a, um, like a resilience in this song because they, they're saying this is a lie, right? That the, the um, future band goes, it's all a lie. They're recognizing that a lot of this stuff is, a, is an illusion. And the Roman says, or they say, don't give in. The Roman says, for we can win. And I think that that's them developing a sense of sort of rebellion against this. Like, you know, we can actually, we can handle this. It starts off with the Indian who, by the way, I saw this live or I watched the live version of it. It was really just great. They, they had two guys doing death and they're dead, like corpse paint looking on. Um, but it starts off with the Indian who I don't think is really that prominent in the album until this part. Uh, very pretty, eerie beginning. Uh, and then it's sort of intermittent um, addition or uh, contributions from the future man and the Roman, and then death man absolutely sounds so badass. And then after that, there's that pulp fictiony riff. I think it's so fucking cool. Um, and that just goes into like really pretty synth, you know, symphony of just absolute progressive, cheesy progressive metal, which you love. Definitely. But it's my favorite because it's it's just so complete. Um, but yes, to me, this is where they start to develop a, a, a sense of defiance um, and, and resilience against what they're experiencing. Help me remember, Phil, do we lose a character here or does everyone just kind of get it, into it? Yeah. yeah. Yes, the Indian dies. She screams at the end. And, um, and then that transfers us into the mirror maze. Talk to us about the mirror maze. Yeah. Mirror maze is big... 
hippie, uh, the hippie character is big uh, in my mind. He, um, you're reflecting on your ego. Um, so basically, this is another instance of facing your demons, but it's your own inner demons. And so you get a background of the hippie talking about when he was a child, um, an angry boy, and then the future, and you know, and, and I guess how he turned into a hippie. Uh, his mother, his father lies, his mother cries, his spirit flies up to the sky, wandering off to another galaxy. And then the future man comes in and says, secret fears we all try to hide lie dormant deep inside. So you're basically trying, you have to uh, face yourself in this part. It's a very slow song. The, the, the part with the hippie sound, it sounds so much like the Beatles, and I'm sure it's done on purpose because it's a hippie character. Um, it's just like, it's almost like a dreary, like you're staring up at the sky and pondering your life. And, and it doesn't really change either much. This is another one of those songs that keeps its uh, sort of steady pace. It's a reflective song. Uh, it's really nice. It's a nice one. It doesn't stand out. It doesn't blow my mind. But I, I enjoy the song. Do you like this one? I like every song really on this album. There's not a single song that I kind of skip over. I think the whole, all of it together is so perfectly done that I can just let it stream right through whenever I put it on. I just, yep. it all fits. I don't, I don't think this one changes unless it, there's a part where the Roman and Knight come in, but I don't remember if that changes much or not. But um, I'm, gonna, I'm fast forwarding here. You got a little bit yep. of a riff right here. Got a little what? A little riffage. Oh, all right, it's moving. All right. Maybe I'm underestimating the song's trajectory. It just sounds so beatles The next one I the next one I really love called Evil Devolution. So let's talk about that one. What's Evil Devolution about? Evil Devolution. The future's door ingress. What lies beyond? One of you survived so much, are you man up to face this door? Upon its golden hinge, you crave the answer, but can you hear the truth? It goes, the door, the future. Um, this part, I don't, I think they're they're coming upon these, like a door. Okay, yes, and they have to go through it. And then after that, they'll come upon the two gates and choose which one is the one that lets them out, I guess. So I think this is more of a progression into the castle. Um and basically just that. Um, but it ha this one has a really cool, like Zelda sounding fucking main riff. It's like, um, it's so eerie and cool. Um, so I, it's not one that I've went back to a lot, but it's one that I was happy to, to revisit, um, you know, for the podcast. Um, it's the future man for the most part singing. And some dog, uh, and some dogs. I think there are some dogs in this song. Oh my god, yeah, there's some goddamn dogs. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, we can, we can, we can revisit that this part of the episode. Well, I'm sorry, I don't know what. <laughs> hey, well, tell us about the next song, the two gates. Two gates, golden gate and a golden gate. I, I remember him saying that. And we're three, barbarian. We're, we're three songs out from the end. So the. The Two Gates is the third to last song with Forever of the Stars and Another Time, Another Space coming up. So we're about to reach the climax here with the Two Gates. All right. So the Barbarian uh, and then Roman are basically arguing about which gate to open. And uh, it says, Cowards wind beyond the Golden Gate. 
Valhalla shines beyond the Golden Gate. Oh, but um, they're arguing about which gate to open because if they had picked the right one, let your choice be guided by wisdom. One gate severs all connections. Um, one gate, oh, one step away from the dream world of ever, everlasting. This is ebony, but there's no way that's true. That must be a typo. But um, well, why everlasting ebony? Would be, everlasting ebony would be yeah, darkness. Everlasting ebony. It says on. There. Yeah, but that would be darkness. That that'd be all right. I don't know, man. Ebony. Yeah, it's like that's another Maybe word for blackness. It would just be everlasting black. Yeah, you're right. I just thought ebony was more like. Um, so one gate completes the circle. One step away from your own dimension. So one is, yeah, as we know, one is going to lead you back home. One is going to lead you to everlasting ebony. So the the barbarian and the knight are arguing about it. There's a really cool main riff in this song. It, this is another fun song in my mind. It's um, it's just kind of tongue in cheek. The barbarian guy is hamming it up as usual. I don't, that dude is awesome. The singer's awesome. I saw him live. I listened to three songs, and his um, his appearance is so hilarious to me. Jay Van Fagellen, like, I think is Barbarian's name. Yeah, and so he's hamming it up as usual. And um, so we have, the, I think at this point, they're not sure. The knight says, we have been saved, our journey has ended, but tell us why, why this ordeal. So I think the knight picks the right one. I will walk alone. And the barbarian says, I walk alone, so dare not follow me, but choose your own and die next. So the knight, barbarian's like, fuck you guys. I'm going home. And I think the knight's pretty confident about his choice. And um, I don't know if it tells you which one goes where. I was always, it just, I was always curious about that because they just, they're like, oh, you know, they're both saying, Whatever I pick, I'll be happy with it. I'm right. And um, then that just kind of uh, forever the stars comes back in. The, 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 the narrator. And uh, I don't know that you really get a, a resolution about what's happening. It so, sounds as though you're just coming to this realization right now. Like we've listened to this album how many hundreds of times? And you're like, yeah, well, oh, I kind of get to that part and then I'm just like, cool, great song. And then I just kind of uh, listen to the rest and what he's saying, but I, it never occurred to me that don't know exactly who lives and died. I just kind of was like, all right, cool. They get to the gate. And uh, yeah, what? <laughs> anyway, the only thing, <laughs> it gets to the part where I was going to say, the only criticism I have of this album is that it should have ended at Forever of the Stars. There's another song at the end called Another Time, Another Space. Don't know that it's necessary. The Forever of the Star narrative wraps it up pretty well, I I would say, at least from a stylistic standpoint. What would you say? Unless you, what did you get out of that? Do you think, do you think they, re- they resolve it? I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know that I ever put two and two together. Like, I just kind of thought that they both went in through the gates and they both died. I don't know why I thought that they need, like it was a joke and neither one of them survived. <laughs> If we ever get him on this on this podcast, we have to ask him. That's what number one question. We cannot forget to ask that. And he's gonna be like, "Guys, what you guys are barbarian idiot. Yeah. tonight." <laughs> All right. So talk us about and this that, one. Yeah. Talk okay, us about okay. Forever of the um, Stars. So Forever of the Stars, he is wrapping it up. There's a, there's a very long paragraph about how 
the Earth is the experiment. This entity vanquished the dinosaurs with careless trajectory of a child's lost meteorite. Okay. But um, basically, he, um, he's just telling them what, they're, what they've been doing, why they've been doing it, um, and that the whole thing's an experiment. And that they're in control, and everything's a simulation. Everything's fucking, the Earth is an experiment as well. So he does say, though, open the gate, complete the circle. You won't remember, you won't recall. So it sounds like they're both, maybe both gates put you back home and you have no memory of what happened. That's, I think that's right, because I'm looking at the Electric Castle wiki right here. and says, Forever of the Stars tells the final four travelers that they will not remember their experience. When they awaken in their respective times and places, the hippie believes he was on a particularly convincing psychedelic trip. The future man believes his memory has been wiped. The Roman thinks himself reborn, and the knight thinks he has found the grail within a dream. A fading voice asks them all to remember forever. Well, there you go. Then, um, yeah, then, okay, the last song is the hippie saying, was this a dream I had? The future man saying, there's something strange going on. I don't know why. It's something I can't place. The Roman and the knight. See, the barbarian doesn't make another appearance. I think that guy's fucking dead. I think he picked the wrong, <laughs> I think he picked the wrong <laughs> gate, buddy. I think he was a dick, and they were like, you're dead. Yep. You thought you were so cool. It says, the barbarian boldly strides through the golden gate only to be cast into oblivion and die. The final traveler successfully passed through the other gate. Damn, so they really fucking killed that guy, huh? Yep. So Damn. barbarian, gone. I but like, yeah, I but lo- he doesn't say, he doesn't say he dies. He's like, his last, in that song, he says, cowards wine beyond the olden gate, Valhalla shines beyond the golden gate I walk alone so dare not follow me but choose your own and die in agony basically if you don't go with me you're gonna die and then he goes through it and then he fucking and then he's gone <laughs> what an arrogant asshole I love this little contribution here from the Electric Castle wiki the future man is heavily implied to be the colonist from Universal Migrator parts 1 and 2 but this is never confirmed and that's a great one that's coming up before too long so why don't I why don't I wrap up here? This is another time, another space, the ending track playing right now. Let me wrap up with a little bit of nuggets about this album uh, that we haven't touched on so far. First, when you love the Egyptian, the Egyptian is sang by Anek or Anik Van Geersbergen, if I'm saying that correctly. She is also the lead singer and only singer on the um, album that he that she and Aryan do together called The Gentle Storm. I don't know if you know anything, huh. but that's a great. There's a, there's like an electric version and a clean version of that album, and God, Phil, there are some great songs on that album. And Anik or Anek uh, has sung on albums for. She was the singer songwriter on the Gathering between '94 and 2007. I was gonna, I was gonna say I knew she was on the Gathering. And she also has sang with Devin Towns and Azillion. Um, she sings nice. on. The Feeder Equation, let's see, uh, a whole bunch of stuff. She's sang in Within Temptation, she's Anathema, Farmer Boys, Napalm Death, interestingly enough, Moonspell, November's Doom, Giant Squid, and many other artists and projects. So she's just really had a stunning career where she's been excellent. Wow. Damien, Napalm Death? Holy yeah, shit. Right, I know, we got to find out what her song that is. And then uh, yeah. The Night was Damien Wilson, which of course, that guy needs no introduction. He is a legend. And Edward Reekers was the future man. And uh, he, he's a Dutch singer for the band Kayak. Do you know Kayak? Mm-mm. 
They're a really, really prominent progressive band from the Netherlands. Just straight progressive rock. Like, think of uh, Yes or anything that you can think of that genre. Kayak is right up there. And that guy's oh, okay, got, got an it. awesome yeah. voice. Uh, let's see here. Arjun Naturally is the hippie. Some guy named Fish is the Highlander. And then Sharon Den Adel is the Indian. And he's the lead singer, or she's the lead singer, rather, of Within Temptation. And Within Temptation is an amazing band. Nice. So a, ton, a ridiculously good lineup of singers on this album. Absolutely. So I wonder how I got them. I, maybe he was like, he was sort of known from the first two and, you know, had some success with it a little bit. And his name was out there. Maybe that's how he, and he probably had connections anyway. Collaborating and all kinds of shit, probably. And I was wondering, so I was wondering how he compiled this, this set, these people. Yeah, it's amazing. And this was a 1998 release, so pre-2000, three albums in at this point, and he's crushing it. And uh, it says here that after the previous Ariana album, Actual Fantasy, sold below expectations, Lucasin sought to deliver a top-quality recording with Into the Electric Castle. If the album had not been a success, he said that he would have no longer had continued the Ariana project. It remains his highest-selling album to date with the human equation being a close second. And I did not know that. I did not realize that this was, by sales, a more successful or more prominent album than The Human Equation. I thought The Human Equation was the blockbuster. But it makes sense, man. This this one really, going back and listening to it, it is unbelievable that it was recorded 24 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it, the production's great, too. It's... Uh, it's a really fully conceived, well-realized album. You can tell for an album that you're like, "Oh, this is it. I got I to make something work." I guess it's like the um, necessity, the mother of invention kind of um, catalyst because he had to come up with something that was going to launch it or not. And um, he just he, he pulled out a jam, man. He was probably under a lot of pressure to make this one. I would say. And then from here. We have a real nice ride of a lot of good ones coming up. Like, this is the start of a nice upward trajectory of some really great albums ahead of us. Yep. No doubt. After this one, if I believe I'm right, it's Human Equation next. No, no, no. Next one is the Universal Migrator Part 1, the Dream Sequencer. Yeah. Which, I don't know how much time you've spent with the Universal Migrator, but I listened Not to Not much. That. Well, buddy, you're in for a real treat. I'm excited to hear what you have to think about those because the the production is ridiculous. The lead singer, who is the future man on here, um, I think it's the same guy. If it's the guy from Kayak, let me pull that up real quick because there's a bunch. I mean, of Kayak's fine, but I'm more of like a canoe guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, Edward Riquez, Riquez is on track four. But the, let's see, Lana Lane, Flora. In my uh, brain. So, Damien Wilson shows back up. So, anyway, we'll get to it. Universal Migrator, parts one and two, the Dream Sequencer, and the Flight of the Migrator. One of my all-time favorite songs is on that second album. So, I'm excited to tell you about that. But tell me your top three on this one as we wrap up, brother. Tell me your top three, and we'll... Get ready to go. Right, I'm going to go with Tower of Hope, Cosmic Fusion, and I I like Amazing Flight. For me, I'm going number one, Castle Hall, number two, Evil Devolution, and number three, Amazing Flight. 
Uh, oh, that's like amazing play. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Now, the live version of that is ridiculous. Right. I know. So, and it, what a cool, like, just, it's so, have you ever heard the saying, how you do anything is how you do everything? Uh, no. I think so. That's, I feel like that is Arjun Lucas into a T. He does this shit so well, and then even the littlest details of that live performance where the hippie character that he has goes over and sits on a beanbag and smokes a hookah. <laughs> like he's just got his shit over there already set up to roll and I just gotta love these guys and then and we're just getting started because there's so many great ones uh, ahead of us and uh, I'm excited to, to keep going through this so that's the end of this episode if by this point you don't really like Arion I probably would tell people you're not gonna like him like I mean by this point if you're not really into this one and you didn't find anything appealing about the first one. Um, sorry to say, but it's pretty much this is this thing. Oh, so I don't like, know what your what do you, what are your problem is. What's you don't like anything on this? What's not the you got to find something you like here. Yeah, like, c- come to my house and I'll tell you what you should like because you're retarded. Exactly. Yeah, you fucking yeah. I'll tell yeah. I'll tell you. So I'm excited for you. We'll we'll do the next one coming up pretty quick. Let me end uh, with a Mitch Hedberg quote. I'm trying to find a good one because we've done. Quite a few of these. Uh, okay, let's try this. I like refried beans. That's why I want to try fried beans because maybe they're just as good and we're just wasting time. You don't have to fry them again after all. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Well, brother, if there's nothing else you have to say, I'll send us off with this is another episode of the Great Heavy Music Podcast and the Arion Chronicles into the Electric Castle in the book. Until next time, brother, you're the man. <laughs>